Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Listen and grow as Dell questions the status quo, encourages you to think differently, and empowers you to make a better life. Get ready as Dell challenges core beliefs, seeks the truth, and reveals the roadmap to the lifestyle you really want. And now your host, multi-millionaire, national award-winning investor, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Del Wamsley. Welcome to the Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. Well, my friends, I love the saying, there'll be time enough for counting when the dealing's done. And for 2022, the dealing is done. I got my reports back. Um, just yesterday on what I needed to pay for taxes um, as a estimate on my total income for 2022. My total income was, again, higher than it was in 2021. And as I've told you many times, every single year my income goes up. Say, Dell, how can you do that? There's got to be good times and bad times. No, there is investments that pay returns. They pay a certain amount of return, and those amounts of return pay out every year. Does that percentage of profit go up and down a little bit? Yes, it does. But the overall positioning of the money and what it does doesn't change. Now, I'll give you an example of that in just a second. But what I want you to understand is this has gone on for 33 years, ever ever since I retired at 34 years of age, so uh, 32 years, whatever it is. Every year, I make more money. Say, well, Dale, how do you make more money every year? Not by making every one of my businesses more profitable, but by starting more businesses each year. So every year, I add businesses. Now, last year, I added a couple businesses that didn't even make any money. They never even got their feet under them yet. They weren't profitable yet. But we added them. This year, they might pop into profitability. Other businesses I bought last year were profitable right out of the blocks. And this year, they will continue to be profitable. So this year in 2023, I will buy more businesses. I will start more businesses. And then I'll make more money in 2023 than I did in 2022 and in 2024, and so on and so forth. It's a system. Now, the system is something I came up with 35 years ago or whatever it was when I started investing. Two and a half years before I retired, I had never done a real estate deal before in my life. And then I decided after losing money in the stock market, I decided it was time. Now, Side story to this, because it parallels to why I got started. Way back when I was um, 20 years old, now I'm 66 now, so 20, when I was 20, 46 years ago, my dad convinced me of putting the maximum amount of money you can put into an IRA each year, which was, like I believe, $2,000. So I put some money in an IRA, and I put it in a that IRA inside of a mutual fund. And I left it there. And I've kept it there ever since. 
I don't know how much I actually put in, but I know I put in at least 2,000. I might have put in four. I might have put in the second year or something. I'm not sure. But never more than two years' worth did I put in there. Very small amount. And over the years, 40 years later, right, and 46, 46 years later, that mutual fund had grown and grown and grown and grown and grown. And I've never sold it. I said, well, Dell, why didn't you sell it and get out of your IRAs? You tell everybody else to get out of their IRAs. I never really needed the money, and it was never really worth anything until recently. And recently, when the stock market went um, to 2008, it went from like 6000 to like 30000 All of a sudden, that mutual fund was worth a lot more money. So I'm thinking, hmm, let's just leave it here. I've left it here that all these years. I'm just going to leave it, and it's going to tell me each year what the stock market is actually doing compared to my investments. So I've had some good years where it go up a little bit, 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 and I'm thinking, okay, good. Let's see people who's got money in the stock market are making a little bit this year. But in 2022, that account went from $85,000 back down to $53,000. Now think about that. I lost 30-some thousand dollars in 2022 in this IRA slash mutual fund. So what does that tell me? That tells me that you, if you're sitting out there right now and you've got your money sitting in mutual funds, you've got your money sitting in the stock market, you've had a bad year last year. That's all I can say. Because this mutual fund is a well-diverse mutual fund. So... In 2000, uh, what was it, 2000, no, it was 1987, 1987, the stock market crashed, I believe is when it was. And when that happened, um, I lost a fair amount of money. Right then and there, I realized that I'd been working 12 hours a day, six days a week for many years, eight or 10 years already, probably 10 years because I only worked 12 years and two and a half years later I retired. So let's say about 10 years. And I realized I didn't want to keep doing that, working 12 hours a day, six days a week to save money to put into into a uh, account in the stock market and watch somebody else take my money, make it just disappear. I said, I can lose my own money. In fact, I came to the conclusion it would probably be better to spend my own money. At least I'd have something for it uh, in most cases. So, you know, it's a situation where it was a really brutal thing to me because I'm not a loser. Rule one in my world is don't lose money. That's rule one. And so I decided to get out of everything that was speculation. And the stock market is speculation. What do I mean by speculation? Speculation means you have no control over the outcome. You believe in the greater fool theory. The greater fool theory is that I'll buy something, no matter what it is, and then some fool will come along and pay me more for it than I paid for it. That's the greater fool theory. And... The problem is sometimes, you know, that's, that story might be true, but the problem is you're the fool. Somebody sold it to you, and you were the fool in that story. So at some point I got to where I looked around for other businesses and other things, and I, I, I fell into real estate after two or three different uh, real estate guru programs I took and studied and so forth, got some ideas on what should be done. Um but I had gotten some pretty good information from some people about 
taking care of tenants, whereas most of the, the real estate guru programs were something for nothing, instantaneously, gratificationally diseased uh, garbage. You know, it was like buy, flip, hold, sell, sale, rehab, get rid of, you know. It had every trick in the world, none of which were actually the way real estate was performed and done by real people. It was the way real estate was done by people that had no money and no knowledge of how real estate should be done, right? It was the poor man's real estate training programs. And I decided I was just going to do it the right way. In fact, I got a hold of a broker, and the broker walked me through it and said, yeah. The broker I found had owned 73 rent houses, and he said, yeah, I'll help you find some. And so he found me a rent house, and it's really interesting, the story, because it is true of almost everybody I consulted back when I was doing all the consulting at Lifestyles 30 years ago. He found this house, and he said, look, we can get you this house. It it has been in foreclosure. Fannie Mae remodeled it, made it almost brand new again. They're going to sell it to you now for like 50 cents on the dollar. It was originally worth about 50 grand. They were going to sell it to you for 25 grand. And they were going to finance it for you with 10% down. So here I am buying a brand new home at 50 cents on the dollar with only 10% down. And I'm thinking, do I really want to do this? And he took me on the tour and I go, man, this house is incredible. Look nice. It's better than the one I'm living in. And the price is half of what it is on the marketplace or it had been on the marketplace. A lot of stuff was in foreclosure now, so the prices were, were um, suppressed. So the guy showed me all this, and he said, look, I can rent this house for $500 a month. It figured out my mortgage payment would be $280 a month. You'll make $220 a month positive cash flow. That's uh, $2,400 a year, and you're only going to have $2,500, $3,000 in it, so you're going to have like an 80% rate of return to 100% rate of return. And I said, wow, that's incredible. He said, yeah. He said, okay, great. So why don't you go ahead and sign this contract, and let's get this thing in your name. Get it bought. And I said, well, no, I need to go think about this. And he said, what do you mean you need to go think about this? I said, I need to go think about this. I mean, you know, I'm, just, I'm not one of those kind of guys that just buy the first thing I see. He says, this deal won't last. This is incredible. I brought you the best deal I have. It will sell instantly to anybody else I show it to, and you're going to walk away from it. I said, well, I'm not walking away. You need to give me a little time to go home, think about it, run the numbers. He says, I've already run the numbers. Here's all the numbers. Here's exactly what you pay for. Here's what your payment's going to be. Here's what your cash flow's going to be. Here's what your profit is. So you don't need to run any numbers. There's the numbers. And so he said, what do you need to think about? You need to think about how bad you did, how poorly you did in the stock market, because I had told him the story. And I said, no, no, no. He goes, well, then what do you need to think about? And I had nothing. So I went to the old faithful. I said, I got to go home and ask my wife. And the guy looked at me like I was an idiot. And he said, Dell, we both know that's not the case. Your wife doesn't even work. You work. She doesn't. You make the financial decisions in your life. And he had me. I didn't know what else to say. We'll take a short break. Be right back with the Dell Wamsley Radio Show.
with a roadmap to creating the lifestyle you really want. Keep listening. The Del Wamsley Radio Show returns in moments. For 30 years, I've taken the smartest people I could find and then held them up as examples for you guys to learn from. We're all only as strong as our best people. But the best part about this is that these best people are willing to give back. Ready to learn from the best? It starts with our free online workshop. Stop depending on your paycheck. Quit worrying about retirement. Register now at lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. You allowed 15,000 members into your sandbox. Thank, you. Thank yeah. you. And so that speaks volumes. So for that and as a family. So you know why I did that? Everybody what? always asks, why did you do this? Because I was an ugly kid. My parents used to have to put a pork chop around my neck so the dog would play with me. And so I always wanted to have friends, and I figured if I could make people rich, they might be my friend. Join Dell and his successful friends. Start with the free online workshop. Register at lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. You're hearing the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Want more life-changing knowledge? Access our podcast and listen on demand at lifestylesunlimited.com under the radio tab. Now your host, Dell Wamsley. Welcome back to Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Today I'm talking about how I got started in the business and how I grew the business every single year for the last 33, 34 years I've been in the real estate business. So I started out with a single family house that this broker convinced me by strong-arming me into believing that I could do it. Uh, he got me to sign the contract. Then I went and go to qualify for the loan. And what most of us don't understand when we get started is that we're thinking we can't qualify for a second house because we already have a house and we qualified for that one and we barely qualified for that one. But the reality is when you go to qualify for a rent house, they use the income from the rent house to qualify you for the rent house. So if you don't have negative cash flow in your life already, you have any positive cash flow at all, you add that rental income on top of it and you can qualify for the second house. So I usually qualified for the next house. But what I found out was is that I was going to need the $2,500 down payment plus $500 in closing costs. And uh, the way I thought I was going to get the money was is pull the money out of my uh, savings account. Not out of my savings account. I'm sorry, out of my credit card. Because I had cash advance credit card, I thought, I'll just pull the money out of there. So I found out, though, that it was going to you know, cost me another $500 in closing costs, which I really wasn't anticipating. Um, and so I went to the broker and I said, look, you know, it's an extra $500 here. I don't know if I can actually come up with that. He goes, no problem. I'll take care of it for you. I said, really? Why would you do that? He goes, well, because I'm just going to rent the house for you before you own it. I'm going to rent the house for you before we close. I'm sorry. I said, wait a minute. You can't rent the house before we close. I don't own the house. He goes, yes, you can. Uh, because you contractually own the house. You will own the house by the time the lease begins. So I will rent the house uh, that will start lease date on the day you close on the property. And the house rents for $500 a month, and we'll get a security deposit equal to one month's rent. So that's 1000 bucks. So when you come to closing, I'll be giving you $1,000. I said, you got to be kidding me. So whereas I needed $3,000 to close the deal, now I only needed $2,000 to close the deal. And that was very easy for me to come up with. Now, in today's marketplace, I don't believe you can pull money out of a credit card to go take to closing, uh, at least not on an overt manner like I did it. Um, back then, 
They didn't really care. They didn't really check. Nowadays, I believe they keep track of what your credit card balances are right up to when you close. And they want to know where cash comes for closing. They're very picky about where the cash comes from. Uh, Like my son wanted to buy a house and he didn't have enough cash. He could have pulled it out of his 401k, but he was real finicky about that because he would have had to pay a ton of taxes on it. So I just gave him a gift of the down payment money. So there's a place where it didn't actually come out of his account. He had to have proof that it was a gift. So I gave him a gift letter and he was able to get going. So you could get somebody else to gift you the money, right? Um, Whatever it is, there are lots of ways to get to the money. And you shouldn't let that stop you, but you should be aware of it, okay? So in other words, you need to find out how you're going to get to some money, whatever it is you're going to use, and know that before you go trying to buy something. Because you don't want to get there, get under contract, have earnest money at risk, and then not be able to come up with the money. So I'm not telling you that. I'm just saying, hey, this particular case, it just blew my mind that he could give me a 1000 bucks closing, right? And so... The day I closed, the tenant was moving in. I got the $1,000 from at closing. And my broker looked at me and said, Dell, so what do you think? You're now a business owner. You're making $220 a month positive cash flow. Um, since you've only got $2,000 in this, that's a uh, 126% return. Uh, because we weren't putting 3000 down. We're now only putting 2000 down and we're making 220 a month. Uh, times 12, which is 144, um, 1,144, something like that, whatever it is. It was, it was enough that it was a, you know, 126% return. And in that case, I just sat there and I thought, man, why don't people do this? Why is this not something everybody does? And so I started taking the money out of my savings accounts, 401k, IRA, wherever it was at, I just started pulling the money out any way I could. And when I did, I was able to go out there and buy, I think it was nine more houses. Let's see, you know what it was. I told. I ended up with 11 houses in my name by myself. So four minus 11 would be seven. I bought seven more houses. Not all from Fannie Mae. In fact, I didn't get lucky enough to get any more of those great deals from Fannie Mae. But houses were cheap back then because everything was in foreclosure. In fact, in 87, I think they had um, like $800 billion worth of real estate go down for foreclosure, right? And they got rid of it all through something called the uh, Resolution Trust Company, RTC, if you remember that term. And they were selling it out of RTC, which was the Resolution Trust Company, and for pennies on the dollar. 50 cents was pretty typical. I bought seven more houses. And then I started learning how to buy houses in other manners, whereas I started assuming mortgages from other people. Hey, man, I'm I'm upside down on this mortgage. Can you take it over? I'll take it over for you. I'll give you a thousand bucks to go away because I'm going to have to fix the house up and everything. So, you know, here's a thousand bucks. Leave. I'll take over and clean it all up and pay the mortgage and whatever, assume the mortgage. I mean, I started doing all the tricks that I had learned and read about in the seminar guru packages that really didn't make any sense until I got deep into it. And I was actually a real estate investor to where people would actually do that with me. And hence, from that point on, I had no problem getting deals. 
And I um, found a guy that uh, was a dentist, really nice guy, super nice guy, and uh, said, you know, why don't we go find some deals to do together? And he had come up to me and said, look, I'm a dentist. I'm too busy to do this. And um, why don't we go do some deals together? And I said, well, you know, I really don't need to do any deals with you at the time when you asked me because I had money. I said, I'd really rather just do my own deals instead of, you know, splitting up any profit, whatever. And later on, when I ran out of money, I went back to him. I said, you know what? I've considered your situation, your, op- your offer. I'm sorry. And I think I'd like to do it. So however it actually worked out that we got together, we started looking for properties. And I found a guy. Oh, I know how it was. I had found a guy that sold me one of his rent houses. The guy was an engineer, a really smart guy. He had bought like uh, 10 or 15 rent houses and then a couple of small apartment complexes. And he was getting ready to retire. So he was selling these things off because of the apple doesn't fall far from the tree story. You know what I mean? The apple doesn't fall far from the tree, but it rolls a long distance, which means his sons and daughter were totally not interested in his business model of being a landlord. They just had wanted nothing to do with it. Like a lot of people, they considered it being a slumlord, although this guy was not a slumlord, but they just didn't want anything to do with it. So he couldn't leave his wealth to his family, and that's what he thought he'd do. He thought he'd leave all this real estate to his family. And the mistake he made was not indoctrinating them into it in a way that they'd want to do it. So uh, he had to find a new son, and I became that son. So he sold me one house. He says, I'll sell you one house on owner finance. So give it to me, owner finance. Because he was trying to just sell it outright. I said, give it to me, owner. No, he wasn't. I take that back. He wanted owner finance because that was going to be his retirement. He had thought he was going to sell it to his kids' owner finance and let his kids pay for his retirement. Now I remember the story more clearly. And they didn't want anything to do with it, so he was looking for somebody to take their place. So he said, I'll give you one. And if you do well on one, then I'll give you more. So I bought one by myself, and I was doing it. And he came back, and he had listed 11 more houses. And he said, okay, I've got 11 more. Do you want them? So I went to this dentist. I said, look, I can get these 11 houses owner-financed, so we won't need to qualify for a loan. We can buy them inside of an LLC, which is a limited liability company, and we can own them together as a partnership. And uh, here's the profit I'm making off my houses. We'll make the same profit, and you can have half, and I'll take half. And the guy said, okay, I'll, I'll do that. So we went to do the deal. And when we got to closing, the dentist guy said to me, he said, Dell, I don't like the idea of 50-50 split. I said, what do you mean? That's the way partnerships work is 50-50. He goes, no. He said, Dell, you, you you're not putting up anything. I said, well, I'm, I'm signing for the loan. He goes, yeah, but we're going to pay the loan. That's not a problem. He says, you're putting no money down. I'm putting up all the money. So I don't think it should be 50-50. I said, but I'm doing all the work. I'm managing the things. He goes, yeah, okay. So here's what I'll do. I'll give you 25%. And at that point, I was kind of hurt a little bit, thinking this guy you know, changed the deal on us right at the end here. And I had to make a big decision in my life because either I was going to be able to go buy 11 houses, which doubled my portfolio all at one time, or I was going let it, to let it walk and not do it. And I thought to myself, better to have a small part of something larger than to not have anything larger at all. And so I agreed to the 25%. And we bought those 11 houses and created my first syndication. Now, back then, we didn't call them syndications because I wasn't out marketing to people. It was two guys who created a partnership together and decided to go do it. But it was the concept of somebody putting up all the money and somebody else doing all the work um, concept that 
was derived out of that syndicational type situation. He then went on with me and purchased another fourplex. And I'm trying to think if we bought any other house. I think that's all he and I bought. But then another uh, lady who saw me doing this with him said, can I get into the same deal? I, I work, I have a job, I don't have a husband. And I'd really like to get into kind of these deals with you also. So I put together a deal with her. We set up an LLC. And we went out and bought four fourplexes, which was four, four 16 units together and one rent house. So we had six, uh, four fourplexes and one rent house together. Um, again, I had now added another 17 units to my 22 so let's see, 22 and 17 would be 39. I was up to 39 units. Um, and again, I didn't put any money down. She put up all the money and I took 25% of the deal. Then another guy came up to me and said he wanted to do the same thing. And so with this gentleman, we bought a 10 unit, five duplexes. And in this particular case, I put up part of the money. I put up half the money. He put up half the money. I put a part of the money. I'm sorry. I bought 25% of the deal and I got 25% of the deal for being the managing partner. So I ended up with 50% of the deal and we made a killing with these. I mean, it was just ungodly the amount of money this deal in and of itself deserves a whole, whole day on the radio. It just, it's so unbelievable, but we made a killing on it. I mean, we made like 400% return on our money, maybe more, maybe a thousand percent. Again, I'll cover it some other day. Uh, and then, we did so well on that one, he wanted to do another one with me, so he bought a 15-duplex community. We bought the whole community, everything on that community, 15 units, and um, that's 30 total units. 15 duplexes, 30 total units, and we made a killing, and there it was. I was now over 50 units. I mean, 49, 50, and 30 is 80 units. And it was only just a year or two, and I'd done all this. And that, my friends, is the power of real estate when you really want to retire. I quit my job, became a full-time real estate investor, and never stopped after that for the rest of my life. Hope you have a good day. Remember, it's the time of year for counting. Figure out what you did last year. Figure out what you want to do this year. And remember, though, it's not the money. It's the lifestyle. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you tomorrow. Listening to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Want more of Dell's unconventional wisdom? Go to lifestylesunlimited.com and click the radio tab. Listen to past shows, hear podcasts on demand, and find out how you can change your life today. The Dell Wamsley Radio Show is part of the Lifestyles Unlimited Radio Network. The information and opinions you hear on the Del Wamsley Radio Show are those of the host, Del Wamsley, his guests, and his callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Del Wamsley Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Del Wamsley Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.